As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait. The emotional swings from week to week for this Jets team, it's nuts. The good news, we're back on a high this week after a 24-20 win in Pittsburgh. Zach Wilson's first career come from behind game-winning drive. We are recapping win number two today. Thanks for joining us. This is the Can't Wait Podcast. Tim McMaster along with our Athletics Jets reporter, Zach Rosenblatt, and producer Marissa Dunn. We are going to talk all about Zach the good, the bad, we'll probably talk more about the good because, hey, it's Monday. We all need to be in a good mood. Uh, the undermanned O-line, how it performed, the defense, finally getting to the quarterback, lots of stuff. Um, initial thoughts that, well, I'm going to throw this in. My, I have an initial thought, but before that, I'm stunned here because you're not wearing a hat. <laughs> oh, man, it's we were talking before the episode started. Uh, Marissa and I are both struggling. There's some travel-related stuff. Uh, got back this morning, early flight, you know, you work late on a Sunday, uh, on this job and, and I, my brain is just mush. So got a little nap in before this, but I'm, uh, I'm struggling a little bit, you know, snacking as we, as we podcast, but I'm going to, I'm going to try and survive. But it's victory Monday. Victory so Monday. Gotta yeah, bring we, the energy. Gotta bring the energy. Like you said, yeah. it's all about Zach. Zach Rosenblatt. That is <laughs> snacking to stay awake. Marissa, you're dragging too. You both had a flight right this morning. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is it right. the Eagles pod late last night? Four and Eagles, um, and then flew back from Atlanta this morning. But ha- happy to be here with you guys and ready to break <laughs> down this game. You know, we we a lot of important stuff to get to. Obviously, we have to talk about the gritty as well. Um, I want Zach's analysis on that. I, I won't. But... I won't be doing it myself. Maybe Connor would have done that back in his day, <laughs> but I'm not going to try. <laughs> so yeah, lots of things to get to today. Connor would have stepped back and probably knocked over the fish tank yeah or his computer and then he would have been like i need a new Uh, one and by the way connor was at the game and they won too that's also an yes Uh, other shocking but you're two and two this team is 500 with you zach that is good stuff people people are going to start taking notice of and and the giants are doing well too zach i left the giants and i joined the jets so i'm helping both teams in a way yeah (laughs) that was the bad luck charm for the giants i'm the good luck charm for the jets yes yes (laughs) All right, let's get into this. So the, the the first thing I want to bring up is just 
if if we were having this, if football games were only four and a half quarters and we are three and a half quarters, if we were having this conversation, wow, what a difference it would be, right? Because this game looked really bad when it was 20 to 10, Kenny Pickett looking better than Zach Wilson, um, eight of 24 with two picks for Zach at that point. It was just all bad. And then those last two drives came and happened and changed the complete narrative for Zach Wilson for this game. And who knows, maybe we look back on it and we're like, okay, this season kind of turned in the second half of the fourth quarter of that Steelers game. It's it's crazy how it changed, how bad it was, and how good we all feel right now. Yeah, I mean, even if you just look at it the season as a whole, they've really won two games. They've really won two quarters this season <laughs> is essentially what it comes. I mean, you know, they've that's, you know, an oversimplification of it. But yeah, they the, the fourth quarter against the Browns and the fourth quarter against uh, they play the Steelers. <laughs> The Steelers last is who they played yesterday. In case you forgot, it's um, all coming back. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know that Zach Wilson. You know he he looked pretty bad for a stretch there. Like it, he looked good in his first couple drives. Uh, you know he like let us he led that scoring drive where what's where you're going to get into that play obviously with the trick a Philly special esque uh, touchdown from Braxton Berrios. That was a really good drive. He was really efficient, quick, and then next two quarters, like two and a half quarters, you saw kind of the Zach Wilson that struggled a lot last year. He was getting pressured a lot, so it wasn't all his fault, like to an insane degree. And he saved the team in a lot of ways uh, with that. Um, and so he was struggling through a couple of bad picks. He was pretty inaccurate and missed some opportunities. Then you come into the fourth quarter and he just, you know, you, there's no reason to expect that he's going to go and, and bring them back the way he did. Like there, there was no basis for expecting that. And then he goes out and he's 10 of 12. He has like 140 passer rating in the fourth quarter, uh, five for five on the final drive. He had that great throw to Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, if you like look at the, if you rewatch that play, like at the start of that play, there's like two, there's a safety on him and there's a corner on him, and and Zach is patient. He like keeps he like kind of tri- makes Minka Fitzpatrick think he's gonna go in the other direction, and then he then he hits Garrett and Garrett does the rest of the work after the catch. Um, he was great. He had great connection with Corey Davis on the previous drive. They overcame a lot of like a lot of mistakes that this team would normally make. You know, on, on that Corey Davis drive, they get all the way to the one yard line, they get a penalty move back five yards, get another penalty, move back five yards. All of a sudden they're at the 10. You like the jet, the jets of old, um, the same old jets, they would have turned the ball over there. They would have had to settle for a field goal or something like that, but they, they didn't. And Corey Davis scored a one yard touchdown. And then on, on the next drive, I believe it was maybe I'm confusing the drives, but there, there was a play like the time management was really good because there was a play where Zach completed a pass to Corey Davis. And it looked like maybe it wasn't a complete pass and they rushed to the line, got the next play off and, like that was just really heady play calling and and smart play from Zach. So yeah, he he really really impressed me. And like you said, you know, um, you really wonder if this is going to be like a jumping off point because for for as you know as bad as maybe he was in the second and third quarter, he really looked like an absolute gamer in that fourth quarter. And if they they're, they're like we've said, this team is talented enough to be competitive against most teams. It's whether they can close it out or whether they can keep it competitive in the fourth quarter. If Zach Wilson can play like that, where he's making smart decisions and he's efficient with the ball, and as we talked about ad nauseum, when Joe Flacco was a quarterback, he can get away from pressure like Joe can't. Like Joe would have been sacked ten times yesterday. Zach was sacked once, so um, that that's it. That's gonna be a huge thing going forward if he can stay healthy. Like that, that mobility is makes a huge, huge difference, especially if he's actually completing his passes. 
that was kind of a, a killer instinct. You mentioned the penalty down on the goal line on the, not the go-ahead touchdown, but the touchdown that got them close. I totally agree. The moment it happened, yeah, I was thinking, okay, they're going to field goal here, and then they're going to have to score a touchdown. And somehow they get the touchdown anyway. I couldn't believe, that was the first thing where I kind of had an inkling like, okay, yeah. this is different. This isn't what we're used to uh, with this Jets team. And then on the go-ahead um, drive, they get the ball in good field position, and the immediate thought is, all right, they only need to really move it, what, 20, 25 yards to kick a field goal. And yeah. I feel like Jets teams of the past don't – they just say, okay, we need to get 25 yards, kick a field goal, and they get 25 yards and miss a field goal and lose the game. But yeah. – there's this big moment, and it's been everywhere at this point. Zach comes into the huddle and tells everybody, you know, I won't say the exact words, but we're let's go score a touchdown. Brees Hall yep. told everybody that that's what he said after the game. Um, and it's a, it's a different mindset. And this team, instead of doing the clear thing, settle for a field goal, go to overtime, either miss the field goal or lose to the Steelers in overtime, they actually go down the field and score the touchdown, and Brees Hall reaches out for the touchdown, which at the time I was thought, that's that's scary, but I yeah. thought he had done it. On, on initial viewing, I thought it was a touchdown, and then obviously with the replays, you could tell it was, but it's another thing where you think like, it goes okay, their, goes their way, past yeah. Jets teams, that's a fumble. And like yeah. there, there was so many moments in this game where it was kind of like, wait, what just happened? Like. And it to reminded me, and this is going to sound, I, I don't even know if it's worth saying, but it, it reminded me of back in my, you know, previous days as a big sports fan overall, like watching the Red Sox back in 2004 and like all these things. And this is not that. Don't get me wrong. But all these things that like Tim Why says, bring up Tim says, Tim says that you just the, expect the to go, <laughs> all these things you expect to go wrong and they went right. And this is game four for a team that's two and two and probably doesn't have a chance to make the playoffs. But it was just interesting seeing these things and it, and it was fun to watch. There there was even a, a part of me that on the Hail Mary that the that the Steelers had at the very end. I'm like, is he gonna come down with it? Like, like what's is the is the right is the, is yes, the totally. Like, yeah. Um yeah. and the Jets like, didn't knock that one down, which was not the the best. One, move. one of the they like ironies of this game, or maybe that's not the right word, but it it was interesting watching a Jets game where fans booed a quarterback off the field. They were begging for a quarterback change, and it was not the New York. It was the other team. It was yeah. The other team. Like the Steelers are really bad. I I think that should be said. Um, yes. Again, and I, I'm not trying to like couch anything. Like the, this is a the Jets got a good win, and and you take any wins you can get when you're the New York Jets, obviously. Um, but two and two also look. I mean, I've been saying this. It's cliche, but two and two looks a whole lot different than one and three. Like it, it's just a huge difference, especially going into this stretch. That's pretty hard coming up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like this, the cliche of same old Jets. Like this is just not. I think the talent is just clearly there. the The question with this team is whether they can overcome all these mistakes that they've been making week after week. They made some of them again, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, there's some bad penalties from veterans. There's a Carl. Carl and at the end of the first half, the the Jets were driving. Uh, they were in field goal range. Zach Wilson throws a terrible throw that he should not have forced it in the, into the secondary. He gets picked off. If he had just thrown it away, they wouldn't have settled for, for your goal instead. Steelers get the ball. 
And then Carl Lawson gets a roughing the passer penalty. And so all of a sudden the Steelers get it, get a like 59 yard field goal or whatever it was. And so that that's like a six point swing because they get a scored three instead that the Steelers scored three. Um, so there's still like mistakes like that happening when they play against better teams, that'll be a problem. But um, ultimately like if, if every win they get is an ugly one, they'll take it. Yeah. And that, that momentum actually felt like it, it went into the third quarter too, where instead of it being 13 to three at the half, it's 10 to six. And then the Steelers kind of grabbed hold of this game in that third quarter with Kenny Pickett coming in and, and it looked bad. And a lot of that you can kind of pull back to that end of the half and how it ended. That was part of the bad. Um, the interception by Minka Fitzpatrick was bad, obviously. There was it was not all good for Zach. In fact, if you look at the final stats, right, just fifty yep. percent. I said at one he, point he was eight of twenty four. I mean Yeah, I was gonna say he was eight of twenty four going into the fourth yeah. quarter, yeah. Ugh. I mean, which not is- not good. And it's something that you need to think about, right? Like going forward, which you know, are we gonna consistently see fourth quarter Zach or are we going to go back to the other one but I did want to go through some of the real like standout moments for Zach Uh, we've talked about some of them obviously um, already you know leading them to the touchdown but um, just a few different things the fourth and seven throw to Corey Davis was one and then the third and six laser to Yair Wilson that you mentioned those were just in a fourth quarter when you're you're losing Big time throws, and the guys made the catches too. But those were big time throws. Oh, absolutely! I like, and the Garrett Wilson one, like you said, like that was another situation where they it started off that drive started off really poorly. Um, it like got to second and long, then Zach scrambled to make it like third and six, and then then he found Garrett on that play, and then that was kind of where you could feel that they were. It was kind of like with the with the Browns game a couple weeks ago. Like, there, I mean, there was a lot of weird, crazy moments in that game, but. Uh, you know, it, it just felt like things were starting to turn there. Uh, and then they go up the field and they score. Um, yeah, you know, it's Zach deserves a lot of credit for for what he did. You know, I, another, you know, we, we talk about those those bad stats that he had through three quarters. I, I say the fourth quarter is really all that matters because we expected him to be rusty. So um, the fact that he struggled, like, wasn't a surprise to me. It maybe would have been if the game had ended and those were his numbers and he still was completing passes at that rate then maybe we're sitting here talking about like, should we be worried about Zach and the future and stuff like that? But the fact that he was able to turn it on, the knee didn't seem to be an issue at all. Uh, the rust, he had seemed to, he seemed to shake it off. He seemed to shake off what he was struggling with. Like he, it was a very encouraging, you know, flip of the switch performance for a quarterback. It's not all quarterbacks. I don't think Sam Darnold could do it. What Zach Wilson just did in the fourth quarter. Like not, not everybody can do that. And, and it, your, your confidence and your energy for, for like a quarterback in those situations where you're trailing like that, it's really infectious on the guys around you. And it seems like his energy really is what kind of carried his receivers and, you know, the offensive line for as much as they struggled, they played better towards the end. I would say, uh, you know, Brees Hall got that touchdown. I, uh, you, you mentioned how like normally that play doesn't go their way. I, I, in my immediate reaction to it was that I thought he like had fumbled it away and like, Oh, he's, he should be thankful that Tyler Conklin jumped on it. And, tweeted that of course if fans flipped out at me because they're like it clearly wasn't a fumble you idiot um, but uh yeah you know it just things went their way which they they just really ha- especially this season you know those two losses they had were were pretty rough with the stuff not going their way and um you know Salah got made fun of a little for saying it was bad luck which was a little ridiculous but they had some good luck I would say this week all right, one more thing on Zach, and that is with the, you know, let's go score a touchdown comment and then actually going down and scoring a touchdown, this team getting a win to go two and two. 
so many young guys on this team. Um, it's not like a team laden yeah. with veterans. So the question is, does this team now have, like, has he developed a belief where this team now believes in their quarterback, believes in Zach Wilson? Because you can like your quarterback. You can, you know, go to, where was it, Idaho? Where did they go in the summer? Yeah, Idaho, yeah. You can go to Idaho and work out with your quarterback and say we're doing all the right things to to build chemistry and you know the coaching staff can say whatever they want to say about Zach but like I don't think a team believes in their quarterback really believes in him until they see him do it in a game and now they've seen him do it in a game. Yeah, I I think he definitely gained a lot of respect in the locker room for what he did. Um cuz I do think, you know, for all I mean, fan base liked Joe Flacco and they didn't and they liked him again and then they didn't and all that. But in the brief stretch where they did like him, I think, you know, you could you could see that uh, like the, the locker room was rallying around Joe. They just really liked his personality and, you know, how he was a gamer and Joe cool and all that stuff. And um, I, I think, you know, we, we probably even talked about it on the Browns podcast. I can't remember, but like the, the idea of can Zach could Zach have done what Joe just did in that two minute drive? Um, those or that last drive where they went down and scored and they weren't had no doubt about it or whatever. Like, could, could Zach have done that? And he answered that that question on Sunday. Like, he he absolutely did that. He carried the offense. You know, it was because of him that they that they won at the end. I would say. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's won a lot of fans in that locker room. I think this is going to be a huge, you know, moment for him. Whether they build on it or whether he can build on it, or whether you know he's going to have to start. You know, Elijah Moore didn't get many targets. Garrett Wilson. I think that's going to be a week to week thing. When you have guys that talented, you wonder how they handle not getting all those targets and stuff like that. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. But um, I'm, I'm very encouraged by the way that game ended. I, I don't expect that to happen every week, obviously. But if he can come out and look a little better at the start of a game, then as the season progresses, I think by the end of the year, you're going to feel a little better about Zach Wilson being your quarterback. Yeah, maybe feel like you have the guy. Um, yeah. All right, we got a lot more to get to coming off this win over the Steelers after this quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, let's talk about the offensive line, um, which... Man, if anybody should be a fan of Zach Wilson, it should be this offensive line this morning. There was the one play where he, I think he rolled, he ended up scrambling left, buying time, and then kind of like jumping in the air and heaving the ball out of bounds over yeah. his head. It was, it, it was like, it was wild. Not, not what you want your quarterback to <laughs> look like when he's throwing the ball away, but it got the yeah. job done. It wasn't a sack. So, but yeah, he only got um, sacked once, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah, 22 pressures, right? But one sack. Let's start with Max Mitchell. Um and then we'll get into the you know moving guys around and all of that. But good news today 
for Max Mitchell because I know in your story, Zach, you wrote that after the game he was on crutches, had a cast on the leg, and that the immediate thought is, all right, well, that's it for Max Mitchell this season. But the news today um, is that it's not season-ending. I imagine he's going to be out for a while. Um, but for a rookie who had looked so good for a rookie, um, it's great to know that he's going to be able to continue to build on that in this rookie season. Yeah, you know, it's – uh, I think Marissa referenced a tweet she saw about uh, the Jets' offensive line uh, before. It's like the uh, most dangerous job in, yeah. in the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Left tackle. The, yeah. the tackle Left position. tackle. Tackle yeah. position. Any tackle. Yeah. yeah. I was saying yeah. it's like it's like that uh, that scene in Space Jam where all the, they're all just like injured on the, on the bench. They're all like wearing casts and stuff. Um, but so the, the offensive line, you know, Elijah Vera Tucker moved, had to move to left tackle. Um, yeah. I mean, had to. It was a surprise thing that like nobody, they didn't like, Nobody was teased that they didn't leak that to anybody. It was a secret. And I, I always in the back of my head, I always like it makes sense because he's probably their best option. And then you move Nate Herbig to guard. But so you do that and you're like, OK, now we have our best five offensive linemen out there until Dwayne Brown or George Frank gets back. We have Max Mitchell right tackle. We don't have to play Connor McDermott, which I know fans were dreading. And then and the Max Mitchell gets hurt. I thought it was going to be more serious. Uh, so now Connor McDermott is their only option at right tackle. Eventually, Dwayne Brown will come back. I don't anticipate it being this week. At the very least, he'd have to practice a bunch first because he's been out a while now. Um, Fant saw a few weeks before he's even eligible to come back. So you have Connor McDermott right tackle or you have one of those guys they signed last week, Cedric Ogbui. Um, I don't know if that's right. <laughs> and uh, and Mike Remmers. So I imagine those guys at some point are going to have to play. I, that's just based on how this, this thing has gone. Yeah. But I've, I've never seen... A team could be the snake bit this early at one position. Like I'm going to keep saying that because it's just crazy. And the offensive line and really such... struggled. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. Yeah, I'll say the offensive line really struggled. Uh, and Zach kind of like was able to hide a lot of that. You know, I I tweeted a stat a little before the podcast. I saw his time to throw was like 3.3 seconds, which is really, really like a lot. And it sounds in theory that usually that stat is meant to like see how the offensive line did. And so was he get was he able to get the ball out of his hands quicker? Did he have some time to, you know, see everything that was going on? But that 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 number is really high because he had to scramble for his life almost every play. It seemed like so. Um, you're seeing you're seeing that like we talked about it forever. Uh, like I said, it was all theoretical. But Zach having that mobility is such a difference from Joe Flacco. So um, especially as this offensive line is going to be going through all these different iterations. You know, at some point Dwayne Brown's going to play. It's going to be Zach's first snaps with him. It's going to be their first snaps with this alignment. Um, you know, Elijah Vera Tucker is probably going to play left tackle until Brian can come back, and then he's going to go back to right guard. Like, that's not easy. I mean, it's crazy that he even played well at left tackle. Uh, just moving as much as he has in his career already is just kind of wild for an offensive lineman. Um, so it, the offensive line's a concern, but you're, you're maybe slightly less concerned about it than you would be if you had a slow quarterback back there. I mean, Connor McDermott, the consensus, I think, was, oh, man, this is going to be bad. Was he better than we expected? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. he had like a couple penalties that were that were rough. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't I don't I mean, I, the, the, the stats aren't perfect, like with who gets dinged for pressures and stuff like that. But I don't think he was dinged with like a pressure. So um, that's positive. Um, you know, the expectations are so low for guys like that. <laughs> Uh, and this this group right now, the expectations I feel like are low. So any, anything you can get where that you're giving Zach some time. I think the run blocking was an issue. The running game didn't really get going in this game. And that, that's all five guys. That's not just one. So they need to get that get that fixed because this is going to be a run-heavy team with Zach Wilson, I, I think, at quarterback. So um, 
But yeah, so, you know, Connor McDermott at right tackle, he's a veteran. The, the coaching staff says they trust him, though they didn't play him. They didn't initially tend to, intend to play him. So I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be a very week to week thing with our offensive, this offensive line. And you do not want to have that with an offensive line. I mean, like you, like Marissa does the Eagles podcast, like the Eagles have had like the same offensive linemen and they, they're good at, they have, they're so deep at, on the offensive line. They can just plug a guy in and they're not even worried about it. Whereas the jets are losing their, their guys are dropping like flies. None of these guys have played together a significant amount of time. It, it's just like really, it's not ideal. And if there's every week, it's going to be a weakness that the other team's looking to exploit. It's why like a guy like CJ Uzama has become purely a blocking tight end. I think he has one catch. They're paying him a lot of money. That's, a lot to just be like a blocking tight end. Um, so it's unfortunate, but that's kind of like where they're at right now because all these injuries. Maybe, you know, maybe we're going to look back at this after the bye week. Everybody's back. Everybody's healthy. They have all of a sudden had depth. You know, they can't yell at Joe Douglas anymore. Um, the schedule gets easier at that point. The schedule gets easier. Like, so maybe, maybe it's look, everybody getting this experience is going to be great for later in the season. But right now, they're going to take their lumps. Zach's going to get hit a lot. You hope he gets up and is fine. But it's definitely going to be a concern, I'd, I'd say, for the next few weeks. You mentioned the run blocking. It was 98 yards on 29 carries. And that is big because you talk about Zach and like the last thing you want is teams to be able to not worry about that running game and just focus on Zach. And then, you know, it it just limits what he's going to be able to do. He did take, I know he was only sacked um, once in the 22 pressures. He did take some hits um, some on some scrambles when he got hit and uh, maybe a little more than you want to see, especially yeah. in his first game back. Although, on the other hand, we said, how is he going to handle yep. taking a hit? And he seemed to pop up and, and he handled it pretty well. But, man, this offensive line, right? This is, I mean, the story of the season, the most important thing we're all focused on is Zach Wilson and his progression. But, like, the offensive line and its ability to do something has become, like, maybe the key to this team's success as much as Zach, it feels like, because of the injuries, because it's not what we thought it would be. I mean, yeah, and even think about it like this. He played as well as he did in that fourth quarter while getting pressure. Like, imagine if he could have he have an offensive line that actually gives him time to process what's in front of him. Like, So yeah. we might not see that this season, honestly. So maybe this will be a good test for him so he gets used to this, and then when he actually has some time down the line, he'll be even better for it. But, um, yeah, I would say offensive line, you know, we had – Coming out of last week, a lot of the biggest concerns in addition to offensive line were like defensive stuff. I'm sure we'll get into the defense in a bit. Uh, but I would say the biggest concern I have now, especially now that we know Zach is healthy, uh, is that offensive line. All right, you teed it up. The defense <laughs> is next. Um, a lot of ways to go here. A lot of kind of unsung heroes, people yeah. stepping up. But let's start with the pass rush and Bryce Huff, who played Bryce Huff played, everyone. Denzel Mims <laughs> wasn't on the roster, but Bryce Huff played and played well. Um, what does that mean, do you think, going forward? Because he basically, I don't think this was a surprise, right? I think what Bryce Huff showed on Sunday is what most people kind of expect from him at this point. He's, he's a guy that's impressed in the summer and just wasn't able to make the active roster until Sunday. Yeah, when I tweeted the inactive yesterday, I everybody reacted like very like, finally, yes. I'm like the way I'm like the way everybody's reacting. Like he better get at least like four sacks or something. Like that's that's my expectation at this point. Well, because um, it was like contradicting to why like yeah. the Steelers run the ball. So like all, right. all the so, season long. I mean, long, clearly there was saying, some, there was something going on there. I don't right. I don't really know what it is. Right. Um, maybe they just he's out of the like, doghouse. I guess yeah. if, the, yeah, if there's whatever, something we whatever don't know happened, about, right? or maybe some maybe they just like the guys ahead of him better. Like whatever it was. Yeah. I, I think he's earned a playing. You know, he only played nine snaps. I think they were all pass rushing snaps. 
he had three pressures. It just looked like every there, there was two sacks when he was out there, and he was right by the quarterback too. Like that, that's the impact he makes. Like maybe he's not going to play on running down, so he, fans might not like his snap counts every week. But if he's that's just coming fine. in as a pass rusher and he's effective, like that's I d- absolutely think he's earned a role. He's a very intriguing player. He's young. Uh, he's a guy that they've developed pretty well. So I, I'm curious to see how his role is going forward because I think clearly he's more impactful than guys like Jacob Martin. Um, even Michael Clemens hasn't really stood out as much. Like when he plays defense, he he made made a, had a big hit on special teams. Actually, Jermaine Johnson had another sack yesterday. Carl Lawson had a sack. Quinnen Williams was dominant. The line was really good. But I th- I think Huff just being out there, just you know, if you if you can have a guy out there who the the other offensive line either doesn't know about and he can make some pressure, or they have to con- you know consider him and they have to pull somebody away from Quinnen or something like that. Like that's it's a really good benefit to have. So I'm. I'm curious to see what this does for his role going forward. I imagine he's going to have something similar like that, where he's playing, you know, 10 to 15 to 20 snaps each week. Um, and maybe see a little bit less of a guy like Jacob Martin, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, he, he did exactly what he had been doing all of camp and in the preseason and stuff like that. And it's the defensive line playing that well was huge because they, they just haven't done that in the last couple of weeks. They were finally getting home on the quarterback. It was Mitchell Trubisky. who was pretty terrible in the first half. And then it was a yeah, all hit. three sacks were in the first half. Yeah, right? I think yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. The pressure kind of calmed down a little in the second half, I would say. Uh, Kenny Pickett, you know, they were pressuring him a little bit, but he and he's also a rookie in his very first snaps. Um, next week, we don't really know if it's going to be Tua or Teddy Bridgewater. We actually just found out. Um, Mike Breaking McDan- news. Yes. Oh, really? I'll sound the alarm. Um, <laughs> to, I think Mike McDaniel is giving his press conference right now. Announces okay. that Tua Tagovailoa will be out this week against the Jets. They, they, had they, they to couldn't. Go, right? There was no scenario where they could play, even if he was completely cleared and healthy. You can't play. Right, him. even yeah. if he was one hundred and ten percent. So it'll be former yeah, Jet Teddy play. Bridgewater. Um, uh, he's. I mean, he former he every team in the NFL. Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> yeah, right. Ted, Teddy's like he's he can move. I wouldn't say he's like a mobile quarterback. Like you're not worrying about him right. scrambling. Like even like Zach Wilson. So he's more of a pocket guy. So you hope that. Um, I mean, they're going to have to. I mean, we're not. Gonna, we're getting into the matchup later this week. They have a lot of weapons on that team, so you're really going to have to get home on, on pressure. So if the D line can keep building on what they just did. Again, I, I the Dolphins are going to throw the ball a lot, so you might maybe you see more Bryce Huff this week. I don't know, um, but yeah. So the D line was a, a really positive, uh, positive from that game. I would say they they focused on it on TV at one point. Um, I think it was in the second half, maybe even the fourth quarter. There was a play where uh, Quinnen was all, all the way at the sideline um, chasing Pickett out of bounds, basically, and they focused on it and said, well, you know, how many guys that play that position yeah. can would even try to get to that point? And all I could think of was the comments last week from Ulbrich and like him being exhausted. Uh, it, yeah. all, it all came <laughs> back to me because I'm like, it's the – Second half, and Quinnen is chasing the quarterback out of bounds at the sideline. Like the quarterback clearly. is grasping for air after he uh, <laughs> chased him out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so from defensive line and some redemption there, obviously, to the safety position yeah. and some redemption because Lamarcus Joyner two interceptions in this game after a bad week in Week Three against the Bengals, but he kind of. He set the tone, so to speak, early in this game yeah. on some deep throws from Trubisky, where the interception, but also a breakup, and and he, had he looked four like breakups too, yeah, yeah. There was a one near the end zone, right? That was Joiner yeah. too, like early in the game. Yep, that made a huge difference. If if that's a touchdown, who knows what happens in the game? 
Yeah, I mean the safeties were the, the like the biggest weakness on the roster before this week. Like Joiner and Whitehead had both been terrible, and they both were pretty good. Uh, they did their job. There was none of those miscommunication we've been talking about. He had the he had you know I I think his second interception was just was he the one who got the hail mary pick? I can't remember. There was four interceptions. Um, maybe Whitehead got that one, uh, but he got one that was kind of like just a really bad throw. But anyway, it doesn't matter. He he made plays and he didn't get beat. Uh, I think the linebackers had a little more trouble with like the the tight ends and stuff like that, which would be something going forward. I think C.J. Mosley, I think, has pretty clearly lost a step, and and Quan Alexander got got exposed a little bit as he played more snaps because Quincy Williams is out. But Joiner, if Joiner and they only need Joiner and White, they don't need them to be stars. They need them to be you know just capable of doing their jobs, kind of guys, because they have absolute studs at corner. Asas was a shutdown guy again. D.J. Reed played pretty well again. Uh, they have the legit two number one caliber cornerbacks, and they're going to need them with some of these teams coming up. Those safeties can't be making mistakes in the middle of the field and stuff like that, or they're, they're going to get killed like they did uh, in these losses and even against the Browns when Brissett was kind of tearing them up for a while. So um, Joyner, I, I think Pro Football Focus had him with like an, a 90 overall grade or something like that. It's like his best in like five years. Uh, they don't need He doesn't need to be a 90 guy every week, but like I said, if he's playing well, like that, this defense has – a really high ceiling, in my opinion, because I think the talent I've, I've said the talent, I think, is there. That was just a really big hole on the defense. And if it's filled with at least even one quality player between those two, that'd be a really big positive. Yeah, you made a good point about the uh, linebackers. Uh, Friarmouth was yeah open all day, like all day long. They couldn't always get him the ball, but he ended up with seven catches for 85 yards. Um, I predicted a pick six for the Jets in this game. Mm. I was wrong. Uh, but I will say four two chances too. four interceptions, first of all. <laughs> so, hey, that's something right. And then secondly, Trubisky didn't play the second half. I, I feel yeah. like if Trubisky Good had point. played the second half, we might have had our pick six. But instead, Kenny Pickett came in. Now, one thing on the negative side for the defense, Kenny Pickett looked pretty good for a while. That That's, I feel like, concerning. For this defense in that second half when they didn't get to the quarterback, um, Pickett making his not his first start, but his first action yep. in the NFL. And he just kind of looked comfortable. So while the defense was did what they needed to do to get the win, obviously the turnovers are big. It's not like it was a flawless performance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I the the linebackers, you know, you they they tend to play only two a lot of the time. So they try to make it so the, those guys can't really lose you as many games. But there's so many teams that have those like freakish tight ends these days, uh, like Fryermuth, who are big and athletic and can go and get make, make things happen. So, like, Quan got beat a few times, or your team kind of trailing behind Fryermuth. And, um, you know, the Dolphins have Mike Jaziki. Uh, the Broncos don't really have a good tight end. The Packers don't really either. But, you know, there's going to be guys in the middle of the field. There's going to be running backs and things like that. Mosley is, is good at tackling guys that are in front of him. Like, he doesn't really miss many tackles, I would say. But I don't think he's there athletically like he used to be. So, that's going to be, you know, kind of a weak spot that other teams look to expose. But you're 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 more okay with it if the safeties are less of a hole. So you're, you're not like looking at the whole middle of the Jets defense and being like, we can beat them in the middle. Maybe on the outside, we avoid Sauce and we avoid DJ. All right, uh, some other notes to get to. Uh, we're not done yet, but we do need to take one more break. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, a few more things to get to. Um, One, we didn't really talk much about Brees Hall. We talked about how he's the one who kind of said what Zach said in the huddle there in that last drive. But he has shown these moments. We, I just want to see more of it, like a game that he just dominates. And we're like, that was the Brees Hall game. But the yeah. go-ahead touchdown, obviously huge. The fact that he didn't fumble. Some big plays beyond that. The one thing that stands out that could have been was the the Zach rollout to the right side. I think that was oh, yeah. the first half. And Brees yeah, was half. wide open. And Zach leaves it short. He has to come back for it. It's incomplete. But that would have been a a long touchdown. And that's what I think we're going to be able to see from this guy is these, these game breaking plays. Yeah. It, it feels like he's, he's really close to getting that breakaway one. He hasn't had it quite yet. He had a couple of big runs. He had like a 16 yard run on one of the scoring drives. That was pretty huge. Um, I think he actually got them to the one yard line. Uh, yeah. You know, he, the talent is clearly there. I think the big point they had for him after the first couple of weeks, the coaching staff was telling him they wanted him to go more north south and less like shuffling back and forth. I think you've started to see him do that. It seems like he's been getting way more of the touches than Michael Carter. So I think they're kind of maybe quicker than I expected turn to Brees as their number one running back. Michael hasn't really been as effective the last couple of weeks. Though they do trust him more as like in protection and stuff. But yeah, I think Brees, he, he also has like this little like confidence swagger to him that I, I didn't really expect when you talk to him. Like he, he feels like he's going to break out any moment now. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know how the Dolphins run defense is. I, I haven't really looked into them yet. You hope that it starts happening this week because if, if they can control the clock and keep those Dolphins up and off the field, that would be huge. And I think Brees would be a big part of that. All right. And Zach's chemistry with the receivers, we saw it building with Conklin in the summer, and that was clear on Sunday. He found Conklin and some good Conklin didn't always make the play, but but there was a connection there. And Zach has always liked Davis going back to last year. Um, But what we need Zach to do is have chemistry with Garrett Wilson. Um, That wasn't there. They had the couple big plays, obviously, and and Wilson ended up, the the numbers weren't terrible. But the targets, they just have to be higher, right? If this offense is going to be what it's capable of being, um, it feels like Garrett needs to be the guy. And, And Elijah Moore, too. Like, those two guys need to be more involved with Zach and we maybe we would already be there if Zach hadn't missed all this time, but it's certainly yeah. something that that I noticed watching this game was like, where's Garrett? Yeah, I I definitely think that's something that, like I said, it's going to be we're going to go week to week where one of these guys is not going to get that many. Like they they have an embarrassment of riches, weirdly, like as weapons. I guess it's the 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 trade off, right? When you yeah, have yeah, it's, these it's weapons, a, is suddenly like you wish they yeah, could you, all get the you ball. You might all see the time. a different guy being the high hand, but yeah, you, Garrett in particular, I I I. 
I fully believe they need to have him involved as much as possible every week. I think he only had like two or three targets or something like that, or or two catches at least. Uh, and one was in the beginning, and the other was that huge one in the fourth where you kind of saw what Garrett can do when you give him the ball. He made a few guys miss. So that that's going to be something that they need to build that chemistry on the fly. Elijah still is just not getting the targets that, you know, I, I think that he, he wants, that the team wants to get him. He got three early in the game. Uh, or four early in the game, he had three catches for like 50-something yards, and then he never got targeted again after the second quarter, I believe. Um, so they, like, I don't think his numbers reflect how Elijah Moore has been playing because I think he's been getting open a lot and not been getting found. And some of that this last game was Zach had to run for his life and just kind of find whatever he could. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out going forward. I, You know, like I said, they're not going to be able to get all of these guys every week. Clearly, he has a connection with Corey Davis. Uh, and he likes his big body and the way he kind of Corey Davis is more of a possession receiver and stuff like that. But you need to get Garrett Wilson in particular involved, get him the ball, let him do what he can after the catch. Maybe that's a way you can avoid the pressure as you throw it to him quickly or something like that. But yeah, I, uh, I'm, I am curious to see how his chemistry builds with a guy like Garrett going forward. All right. And one more thing, boy, green came mm. on and did the picks Man. on Friday and goes three and zero. He nailed it. We'll have full, yeah, we'll have a full recap of I think the I picks because this week. Uh, we have one game coming up tonight. Obviously, he didn't pick the Monday night game, but three and zero. So the listeners are now six and six wow. on the season. The listeners not named Connor Hughes <laughs> are six and three wow. on the season. So um, we have our work cut out for us, the three of us, because it has not gone as well. Uh, but congratulations to Boy Green. Hopefully, his prediction that the Jets are going to go nine and eight will also come true. Two and two feels good. Uh, any last thoughts, Marissa or Zach? I mean, I think we have one. Zach, you want to take it away? Yeah, I believe there was a there was a comment in here about uh, our buddy Chris Strebler. Um, where is it? It was pretty funny. Chris Murphy. He said Strebler put on Zach Wilson's jersey for the last two drives. <laughs> 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 so I just wanted to give him a shout out for that because that was a great comment and. It's yeah. probably accurate. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like, you know what? The quote, you know, let's go score a bleep and touch. Sounds like something Chris. Like something yeah, there was, there was another funny comment. And there was another funny comment I saw in here where somebody said, when did Zach start cursing? <laughs> mm. Interesting. You know, so maybe. So maybe yeah. Have, exactly. Has anyone seen yes. Chris and Zach together? I don't know. <laughs> mm, interesting. All things we need to find out and get yes. to the bottom of. That's why we have you, Zach, to, to do the digging <laughs> as our Jets beat writer. All right. Uh, you can join The Athletic for a dollar a month for up to six months to find out more about Chris Strebler and this Jets team from Zach. Uh, go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Can't Wait podcast, the New York Jets 2-2 two and two Dolphins week coming up this week, an exciting game Sunday. We'll preview that one later this week. Thanks to everybody for tuning.